everybody. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Jules tell us from New Orleans, episode 171. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Jules tales from New Orleans. That was a hell of a cue over there. We're shaking off the rust over here at Maison Duville and getting back into things as we want to do after our long summer hiatus break. And this is not our new producer's issue. Like, no, I just fucked up. Yeah, it's, that was you, know, man. That was all that was you. Not Aiden. Yeah, that yeah. Was not Aiden. That Aiden's was just me. over here, you know, looking at the, the laptop and having a beer. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, you know, I was thinking while you guys were talking uh, as we were kind of on uh, break a minute ago. Um, yeah, so the stopwatch is the thing to use, right? Yes, yeah. you got it. Right. Yeah, yeah, Good, yeah. right. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're training uh, Aiden up here to help us out with the podcast, folks. So he might we be training us. Well, he <laughs> might be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we promised you uh, that we were going to do two episodes, essentially, kind of back to back, and uh, which is meaningless in the world of podcasts because you click on things, so it doesn't matter, right? Yes. It's not like episodic on, television. It's on demand, right? It's it? on demand, right? Exactly. So you know, all of these things have really no meaning anymore. If you're listening to this one, don't listen to the one prior because, you know, I don't want Why? Tony DeGrotti coming after me well, with a vengeance. So with his squeaky saxophone. With the squeak, with the soprano. The soprano sax, man. Look, can we just admit, look, I'm not going to say anything disparaging about Tony DeGrotti. I'm just going to say this. that will I? The soprano saxophone was ruined by Kenny G. And, right, and there's nothing you can do about it to bring it back. If you play the soprano saxophone, you have to play the brassiest style of soprano saxophone that has none of that kind of like weird mellifluous fucking Kenny G slurring yeah, the notes in hard. between each you other. Hit you got to hit it hard. Bryce Eastwood, Coltrane style, ladies and gentlemen. Bryce like, it's got to have that hard edge to it, or else anything less than that hard edge just immediately slides into Kenny G territory. That's right. That's it. You can't go smooth. Sorry. Yeah. It, it's, it's, ru- it's, it's ruined. ruined. It's ruined. It's done. It's an instrument that just, like, just throw it in the trash, forget about it. It's going to take 100 years for, for people to recover from that. For, from the post-Tony DeGrotti. From the post, the post-Kenny G era. <laughs> it's funny that Kenny G came up uh, recently between me and Tracy. We were talking. I don't know why, because I, it might have been during the trip, as a matter of fact. Um and and I was like, Kenny G must have won, you know, like sixteen Grammys or something like that. Nope, one, one, one Grammy, one Grammy. Yeah, yeah. Even that level of cheese doesn't even song. get you like a bunch of Grammys, man. I f- it was a uh, an album thing, like it was best instrumental album, like, I think, is what it was in like nineteen ninety two or something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Kenny G's been around a while, you yeah. know. With so that what, weed, what, with that, with that, with that, what do they call he that? Owns that, uh, that world. He, he owns that world. He well, how it's big is that world? It's a small world, but he's got all of it. He's got all of you it. You can't yeah. talk about soprano sax. He, he was a straight up star, dude. Without. He was like on MTV all the time. You exactly. cannot, you cannot. The soprano sax got owned by this one fucking guy, man. He swooped in at the end of the eighties, and he was like, of all these people, because you remember in the eighties. Well, you don't remember, but it was like. But in the 80s, it was like you had these 
Yeah. Every fucking rock band that was popular, remember this, right? Yeah. Had a saxophone player. Oh, totally. Everybody did. Dude, Rob Lowe and about last night or whatever the fuck that movie. Saint Elmo's Fire or yes, whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. He's like playing the saxophone. All <clears> fucked they, up. They even play. Okay. Okay. Eighties movies. Saturday Night Live. Eighties. Saturday yes. Night Live. Yeah. Perfect example. Right. Me, exactly. Mo- movies. The Springsteen. But movies that were in excess. Okay. Yeah. Even okay. the even the like you know independent rock kind of like let, bands. You okay, know, but let me lay, let me lay this on you. Yeah, movie go films that were made in the eighties that were period pieces. Yes, still had the eighties sax in it. Did totally, even though it was a period piece. Yeah. So the don't put my baby Did, in the corner movie. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They that was like set in the nineteen fifties, and they had the nineteen eighties. And you know what? I think it was the guy that played the the licks on uh, "You Belong to the City," Glenn Fry. Right. Dude, better you know off I mean? dead, man. John Cusack comes in the, with the saxophone the and starts after he like, starts playing yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Exactly. It's funny. That's a cross generational movie. I can see here. Aiden's like, I yes, yeah. everybody <laughs> yes. likes that movie. And folks, yeah. we've got new producer Aiden here in the house. We have Rich VK in the house. Yeah. Sure it up. So anyway, uh, where we left it uh, last time was that I was going to tell my anecdotes from uh, the trip to Europe. When you were right. saying you were talking about the Soprano thing uh, while you were on your trip with Tracy. So that's a good segue. That's right, because we thought that Kenny G certainly was like a Grammy, you know, like one of the top Grammy right. people. I was just shocked to find out that he only won one Grammy, you know, and not that many other awards either. So this people, is what you guys were doing. Just like, were you guys you know, like at, a, you were at a hash house in Amsterdam when you were like having this discussion? No, like, no. What was the no, context? I know it's funny. No, I don't. I don't know. I think it was early on, or maybe on maybe it wasn't even on the on the trip <laughs> at all. But I know we talked about it. <laughs> um, but we started our trip off in New York, and uh, so we flew to New York, and uh, then we went straight to Connecticut, and we stayed with uh, Glenn and uh, and Michael, uh, a couple of uh, Tracy's friends. So we had gone to this wedding earlier in the month at uh, in uh, the Finger Lakes in New York, right? Which is like in the in Western New York, and um, so uh, we had hung out with those guys. <clears throat> that was uh, in Watkins Glen um, in New York. That sounds like is. a golf course. <laughs> There's a big motor speedway there, Watkins okay. Glen Motor Speedway. Yeah, um, it's interesting, man. Uh, a lot of stories about that. People getting cut in half and stuff like that. Decapitated. Oh, sure. Shit like that. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It happens on the right, race course. Yeah, right. It was the big uh, Formula One racetrack mm. in the United States. When the United States was like trying to make a bid to be in Formula One, they had the, yeah, the, 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 the United States Grand Prix there oh. and uh, for like many, many years. And all the greats came down and like were there. And then they started having these accidents and stuff. And that was the end of it and also the other thing with it was this was that the crowd was so unruly on the infield they had this infield crowd and right. they and the infield crowd would get so drunk that they would start lighting things on fire so the race would be happening and like you know there'd be like a fire in the middle of the field because there's just like a riot happening sure and nobody could get to these people so for, then, safe, for safety. So then so they were just like, like it was like the Dustin Hoffman HBO. I mean, can you imagine uh, like Emerson Fittipaldi's like like going around the track, you know, at two hundred and ten miles an hour, whatever it is. Yeah, after a few laps, I mean, you know. <laughs> right? And then he's like looking to the left, and he's like, "Why is that person like stumbling around n- n- nude, at half on Cause fire?" Because it, it was NASCAR fans meet Grand Prix racing. Is what it was. It's because redneckery is just That's everywhere I mean. in the fucking United so there, States. So it's man. all about chicken wings and fires yeah. and like barbecuing. Totally. And yeah. they're completely getting in the way of general safety 
for the sport. I played Budweiser, man. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, they same can here. drink it for like 72 hours. What? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What's up? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you mean America, right? Yeah. That's, that's what like, it's called, right? Yeah, America. But it's not called Budweiser. It's a session America. beer. America. <laughs> yeah, it's a session beer. Yeah, don't worry. And it's a long session, 72 hours. Yeah, some you crazy know? in that session. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, so uh, Watkins Glen, that, that was the trip that, that preceded it. And then we were talking to these guys, and we are like, well, why don't we come up to Connecticut and visit with you guys? They got this like really nice house. And uh, it was all the way at the end of one of the Long Island Railroad, railroad lines, like the very last stop. And they came and picked us up, and it was like out in the country in Connecticut. It was really nice. Yeah. They have this super pad out there. Wow. And, um, um they're uh, like kind of a design couple thing, you know. Like one guy's an artist, and the other guy's a uh, art des- design a coordinator. Designer. No, no, not a graphic designer. Like an art uh, director. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, so you know, there was a lot of like a lot of great artistic paraphernalia and stuff, and like you know, it was it was good. It was nice to be out. I haven't been back to Connecticut since the time that you and I went. You know. Sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can say a lot of, like, disparaging things about Connecticut, which people do a lot, uh, but... Didn't we hang I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything bad you to say You and I hung a banner mm-hmm. one in Connecticut when we were there. Did we? Do you remember that? What did we hang? It was some... Do you remember in the morning we, like, in the middle of the night in the hotel room, we made a... Out of the sheet from the hotel, we made a banner, and then we filmed it. Oh yeah, hanging yeah. it. Yeah, why did but we do that? What was the context? Why? It was in Hartford. Oh yeah, and it might have had something to do with the Santer. No, it was part of the Affleck thing that we were doing. Oh, it was for the gig. It was for the gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why people hire us. <laughs> That's true. Because we do evil <laughs> shit on the job. So we did that, <clears throat> and then we went and stayed with Jamie uh, in uh, in Bro- in Brooklyn. Did you go to that Mexican joint down the street? No, we didn't make it to that oh, one, man. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah, no. Uh, um, uh, I'll say this: that like Tracy was on this, like has has been on this kind of quote unquote ethnic kick, you know, to try like the widest variety of oh, sure. foods ethnic that we can. Foods, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so while we were there, um, we looked up this like jerk chicken joint, mm-hmm. you know, and she was just determined to go to this jerk chicken place. Sure. So we went down to like where uh, there's like a you know. A healthy Jamaican population, you know, at this one stop, and uh, and we got out, and uh, I guess it's in like Lower Park Slope, maybe somewhere around there, and uh, and we got out, man, and we went to this like just this slinging hash joint, man. There's no place to sit. It's just a takeout joint, right? Yeah. In New York, like typical, right? And they're just chopping up this jerk chicken in there. Yeah. And it was like the. It's like Larry David. And I can the, tell you this, man. It was one of the best meals that we had the entire time. Was it like the Larry David? All the David? way through Paris and everything, man. Like the Larry David Palestinian chicken episode? Sort of. Like it, it, I can tell you this, man. If, if it meant that I had to repudiate all of my personal identities that make me uncomfortable, <laughs> sure. you know, in order to have that chicken, I would have sure. done it. Exactly. Just like Larry David exactly. in that episode. Yeah, exactly. And what's great about that, what's kismet about that is that Jaime, who you were staying with, is like one quarter Jamaican. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like I forgot about that. one quarter Cuban, like one right. quarter English. Right, right, yeah. yeah. He's like my, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, he's a gumbo. Like he's, he's a gumbo. He's a walking gumbo. He's a walking gumbo, that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, so, I mean, and he was super gracious, and it was great of him to let us stay there, um, obviously. And so we went and saw, there was this like, uh, <laughs> it's funny because on that Finger Lakes trip, we had we started the trip in Cleveland, right, Ohio, and I met Tracy's family, and we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while we were there. Yeah. And we noted while we're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that like, we're like, man, it seems kind of light. You know what I mean? Like, like the, well, the exhibits didn't seem to be like really flushed out. You know what I mean? In a way, like it seemed. It a wasn't little, like Paul Allen's place in Seattle, like the that museum. I don't know. I've never been, but it's pretty dope. Well, um, Rich, yeah, please chime in. If I you second that. It is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You've been to that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have not been to that, but you know, you figure the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's got you know the rock and roll. Uh, it's yeah. the rock and roll stuff, right? Exactly. Well, as it turns out. There's this other uh, uh, exhibit that's happening at the Met in New York City that's called Play It Loud, right? Oh, yeah. And so we go in, and it's like, oh, here's all the shit that was missing from right. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because it's like all like on loan from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, on loan from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I see. You see what I'm saying? So, so just like fast forward, and we're like, and we just put it all together, and it's like, here it is. You know, so we got to see like okay. the exhibit that we missed, you know, by going to the Met in New York City, and, That's and so funny, stuff, dude. which is really cool, man. It was just an exhibit of uh, the of rock and roll instruments, you know. And uh, one of the things that I find funny about it when you like when you take the personalities out of the rock and roll and you just look at like the instruments and stuff, it's so comical. You know what I mean? Like, like awesome. the out the outrageousness of it is just absurd, right? You know, like so they have like Rick Nielsen's five neck guitar, That's the original cool. one. You know, it's just insane. It's it's absurd, right? It's an absurd instrument. It's a barely playable, fucking instrument. How can you even play the fucking fifth guitar on that <laughs> thing? You, it's like this, and the rest of the guitar is like in your face, like whacking yeah. you in the face. You know, like it's impossible to play that um with any like real dexterity i'm sure rick nielsen has done it at some point but i've only ever seen him like play make the maybe the top three or something like that you know like and uh and then there are other things too like 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 that were like really sweet you know so like for instance they had uh um at the rock and roll hall of fame they had these like they had a little Jimi hendrix exhibit right and they had these drawings that Jimi hendrix did like as a teenager right and so it's like a guy, a guy with a football coming through, you know, like in a Heisman pose, sure. you know, and it's like, you know, some girl out in the field and stuff. They're very, very sweet. Wait, girl out in the field? Yeah, she's like, or something like that, you know, like it's like, I think they're all, they're little, they're little like vignettes of life, you know, sure. kind of thing. And uh, they're kind of done in like maybe colored pencil or something like that. And, uh, and, you know, he was really young when he did these, right? But it was clear that he had, like, a visual artist talent also, sure. you know, because they're, they're nicely rendered. And uh, and so then we get up there, and uh, there's the, the, the Jimi Hendrix Flying V, you know, like, like which rare. is, like, super fucking yeah. rare, right? And uh, and it had this whole history where, like, you know, he, he gave it to this guy who was in a band in Ireland. And then that guy sold it. Uh, that guy painted over it, and and Jimi Hendrix had painted this hand painted stuff on the Flying V, and had played all these songs on it. And the guy was like, "No, oh, I'm gonna paint it over," you know. <laughs> so he fucking paints over it, you know. And it's like, you idiot, what are you doing, you know, for crying out loud? And so then this other guy got a hold of it some kind of way, 
Um, there's a whole story behind it that's essentially a documentary, right? And it's like it was like essentially just a a slab of wood, and like maybe the neck was missing, you know? So it's the V shape, and like the pickups are out of it. It's just garbage, right? And somebody's like, man, I think you know, we, do you want to like make a guitar out of this or something like that, you know? And he and he looks at it and he's can see some of the markings on it and he's able to determine like like yo this is like because of the rarity of flying v's in that era right because when the one that Jimi hendrix played had to come from the original first i think this is true the first batch that they made in the 1950s and they only made like Three or four hundred of them, or something where? like that. Do you, right? do you know, do you know Kalamazoo, where? Michigan, yeah. right, where the Gibson plant was at the time, mm-hmm. right? And um, and they only made they only made a limited run, right? And sure. then so they made the Explorer and they made the Flying V at the same time, wow. and they put it out in like 1958 because they were trying to like compete with the futuristic designs of Fender, right? right? So they put out these wild designs, man. This V-looking sure. guitar. And this other one that had this like crosshatch kind of thing look, like you know, the Explorer, with Nike or all these guitars that yeah. that you know, uh, fast forward another fifteen years became heavy metal mainstays, right? Sure. And uh, so, um, but Jimmy Hendrix picked up one of these, right? And and so he could tell something also that it had been it had been reversed, right? For uh, for a left-handed guitarist, right? So that was mm-hmm. one clue, like right off the bat, yep. you know? And then he was like, and then he looked at some of the numbers on it and stuff like that, and he was just able to whittle it down, and he was like, I think that this is the fucking Jimi Hendrix Flying V, you know? And so he brought it to this, like, collector, and then they, like, scanned Who, like, it. sort of uncovered, like, what yeah, was Yeah, yeah, and they, the... oh, they chipped away some yeah. of the paint, right? Yeah, yeah, And they got down to it, and they saw on the yes. back side of the guitar. The original. Right? Yeah. The original, uh, which was painted in uh, f- uh, fingernail polish, right? Wow. That's right, right. Point. It was painted in fingernail polish, and they yeah. chipped it away, and they were like, holy fucking shit. So then he... He restored the guitar, and he found somebody who could like paint in that style, like recreate and their, recreate it. Mm-hmm. And they found a bunch of pictures of it, and they completely recreated the guitar, man. And uh, and so it was up at this exhibit. Dope. That was a really that was that was pretty fucking dope. And, and that they, was before you even went to Europe. I mean, Aiden, you wouldn't like you know like if you if you get up there before it's over with, man. You know, go and and see some of this because you'll see also like like the original like like. Like just think about this: that you're standing in front of the original thing. Of like, like imagine if you were like in front of the original mixing board. You know what I mean? Like, like at one point in time, there wasn't a mixing board. You know what I mean? Right. And then somebody was like, "No, we can have multi channels and mix it down to one track." You know what I mean? And then you're just like looking at it, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Can we just like this is the first one?" And like, no, that's it. That's the thing, right? And and so like. The Fender Telecaster prototype is at this exhibit. The one, right? right? You know, so like Leo Fender is like in the shop. Jesus. Making a guitar that's sold like probably 20 million of these guitars have sold, you know, in the history of mankind or or more, you know. And like, it's like, you know, you're standing in front of the original one, which is, Mm -hmm. it's a little awe-inspiring, you know, even though it's just like this object, you know. And uh, well, it's like and, if you saw the first pasta maker, or, 
Uh, yeah, right. Because, yeah, From 1172. Yeah, yeah. The very first one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a goat. We ran it through the teeth. Uh, that was grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we use a fork. <laughs> first pass to make a... <laughs> Chapa. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Look, it uh, there. There was some great ones. There was like a big speed there that was beautiful, um, incredible looking guitar, and uh, and all these other ones, you know, from like Buddy Holly and Elvis and and these other performers, you know, that was just kind of amazing. And they're all kind of beat up a little bit in their own way, you know, like Pete Townsend, you know, obviously the smashed guitars from like the Clash and stuff like that, right. you know, and uh, but the comedy aspect of it is like a little bit, you know, like like when you really get down to it, like just you know distance yourself a little bit like when you're watching like a led zeppelin concert or something like that you know or like even though you look at like the early days of like led zeppelin and it's just like kind of absurd you know what i mean like the stuff that they wear and everything like sure. it's all this florid uh clothing and stuff like that and then he's like oh i painted my guitar man you know it's like so fucking cool you know <laughs> it's like a telly you know with the super amp and all super amps are fucking badass by the way and uh and uh and he's you know, so they had all the gear, and then the coolest part of the exhibit was this: was that they had this like, <clears throat> they had this like four, um, uh, like four different kind of like video kiosks that were all like side by side, right? right. And they, what they had was like the rigs from these big time rock guitarists, right? So Jimmy Page loaned his rig, right? And then they did a video. This would have been great if Spitball Media could have landed a video like this, man. You know what I mean? Back yeah, in the day? Sure. If we could have leveraged this, man, exactly. we would have been on top and set the world on fire, Joel. And, uh, and so it was like, so Jimmy Page is like, you know, this is what I like to do. You know, here it is. You know, and he's got these this crazy wacko Rickenbacker uh, amplifier that is like larger on the top and skinnier on the bottom. You know, it's like a it's super rare and kooky have you seen those ever there's no, oh my i'll show it when we're, when we're done man yeah, it's yeah. like that's what he used like earlier and then he's got he's got all of these marshals like lined up and he talks about oh excuse me <laughs> like belching over here anyway um <laughs> we we don't edit you scrub that's, that's, you scrub hey you scrub it's, it's just part of the we don't edit it's part of the disease you know <laughs> anyway so then you go around the side and it's like and it's like uh it's Keith Richards, you know, and he's like, I don't, I don't use any of those, you know, like, I can't stand, like, a tapping on the pedals and stuff, you know, like, all distracted, I can't do that, you know, I like a simple thing, and it's like, and he's just, it's like a couple of Fender amps, right. that's his rig, you know what I mean, sure. it's nothing, right, yeah. and then you go around the side. And it's like Eddie Van Halen, right? And he can't stop talking about his rig, man. He's like, well, I've got this thing, and then I ran it through this, and I've got this electromagnetic fucking transformer that like threw it down, and I put it inside a bomb, you know? Which, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like, so they had all that. Then they had the guy from, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Morello also, sure. you know? I love right? that guy. He, yeah, he was, just, he was just cool. Based on his yes. Tom, uh, just yeah. based on his Bill Maher appearances. Well, he put the whammy pedal, you know, the Digitech whammy pedal on the map man you know wee, wee, you know that was his thing and uh so that it was super cool man the, the uh, i love going to new york man i i just i i'm, I'm glad I, I i got to do that but then uh you know had to come <laughs> as, back. i had to come back which you know as our as our 
American healthcare system is want a really long couple of weeks <laughs> is want to do. Um, you know, they couldn't accommodate me um, for a simple chemotherapy visit up in New York, and I had done my best to arrange it, right? Yep. And uh, so they were just like, no, we can't do it. That's when I learned that, like, really what's going on in our healthcare system is like, once you're in the big box institution, they want all your fucking money, man, from your insurance company. That's yep. it. They don't want you to go to another place, you know, ever for anything. They just want you to go there, right? Sure. And so, you know, the doctors are going to talk this talk, you know, about like, well, you know, we're not able to do it. And we can't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, you, I mean, are you telling me? You know, seriously, that like people who are sick don't travel, you know, like, right. like, and can't get fucking treatment somewhere else, man, for crying out loud. Like, you should be able to like take your thing and go somewhere and get the fucking treatment that you need. You I got a bank ATM pretty much everywhere I go. I mean, long story short, had to book a flight and fly back to New Orleans in order to get my, in order to get my treatment, right? Before leaving for Europe. Yeah. And then, so came in. Got some chemo, spent the night, and then you and I talked on the phone. You remember that, mm -hmm. right? And then um, got on a flight and headed back to New York, you know? And then uh, Tracy went ahead to Amsterdam, met up with an Amsterdam Phil, and uh, <clears throat> I met her the day after. And uh, so then we started our journey in Europe. And we were in Amsterdam for uh, several days. Um, phil had to go meet his youngest daughter, um, who was like, camping with some folks out in Brittany on the coast hey, in France. Um, what's camping? What's camping? They walk over there, right? They oh, yeah, they walk. Yeah, they, they walked across and they, France. And they camp, too. Yeah, they walked all the way across France. So There's they, a whole trail. So they walk and they camp. Walking and camping at the same they time. Do, that's, they, can, they can do more than Americans. That's, we can walk and chew gum. They can walk and camp yeah, okay. at the same time. Just to be clear. Yeah, the walking sleeping bag. You haven't heard of this? <laughs> <laughs> You just walk in it and you sleep while you're walking. <laughs> you're just shuffling along. There's all these people on the side of the road. It's like our version of that in America is like the potato sack race. Yeah, yeah, Where exactly. We like run in the potato sack. Yeah, but they figured they, they they figured that using both of your legs is probably safer, right? You know, because they're European, they're smart, they understand. They are, you know. better, they are better than us. Yeah, so you see these people shuffling along. You know, they look like they're in cocoons, you know, and they're on the side of the road like that, you know. But it's no different than seeing gypsies or something like that, you know, over there. Spiegel, I mean, Spiegel tent. Yeah, it's like Spiegel tent. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and then they hang upside down if they're in Transylvania, you know. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. Whew. So, <clears throat> we uh, spent a few days in, in Amsterdam. Saw the sights, got some bitter balls, you know, the bitter ballin. You, are you are you familiar? Yes, yes. Did you know that those things are like more difficult to make than you think? No, I had no idea. They seem simple, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you just gotta like deep fry the You gotta stuff. deep fry it. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's a whole freaking process to it, man. That's like kind of amazing. If they're like double fried, you know, to make double that crunchy fried. thing, yeah, yeah. you know. But there's that weird like paste in the middle of them you know that's like yeah like they're good <laughs> they, they are kind of good yeah they're kind of like yeah. they're kind of like fried and a little bit livery and good yeah you know? they're like fried yeah i know i know it's like what is it weird, yeah, yeah i know it's, it's like it's, it, it's pretty it's pretty good yeah, yeah. the bitter balling yeah <laughs> that's what uh we went to utrecht with uh, ap and one of his associates was there uh, one of the lawyers that works at the firm 
And this guy was, uh, he was a funny guy, uh, Lars. Mean, oh, shout out mean, to Lars, man. Utrecht, by the way? Utrecht. Utrecht, the oh. city. Utrecht's a city in the... Oh, I see. Utrecht is a yeah, city yeah. that's like right next to Amsterdam, like right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Like a medieval uh, city kind of... It's like a smaller town. Famous Got for it. this big uh, cathedral, cathedral that they have there, right? And they had this festival that was like the Spiegel thing that a little Got bit, it. you know, that I was uh, talking about before. And uh, so... Uh, uh, AP and uh, Amory and uh, so we went there. We met uh, several Lars, of us. And, uh, Lars was there, right? And uh, so Lars comes up and he says, uh, "He says, uh, so you're the Jeff that is almost famous." Wait, this is <laughs> Lars. Lars, right? Yeah, yeah. Lars comes up and he says, "You're the Jeff that's almost famous, right?" And I'm like, "I don't know about that, man. I don't know what you're what you're talking about." Was like, "Well, it doesn't matter, okay? Because I just need to know." Did Ivan buy the land in Mexico or not? <laughs> oh my god, dude. Sorry. That's amazing. That is amazing. I know, I know. Right. And I was like, yeah, he did. He shout did. out to our Dutch. I know, I know. Lars shout out to Lars, man. God, Lars yeah. uh Lars got the you know, he's a big fan of the Utrecht uh, soccer team. You know, uh, AP says they have no chance. They clearly don't <laughs> have any chance. Um, but uh, shout out to Lars there, everybody. Dude. And and yeah, so yeah, no, right, exactly. So you're all the way across the pond, and like AP's got these people like listening to the podcast and everything. It's really <laughs> funny. And uh, so okay, so we went to that food festival, and uh, and and uh, this is the other thing is that um, I hadn't ridden a bike, man, since I got diagnosed. You uh-huh. know, oh. and I rode so when I was right. there. I was riding. Yeah. My type of bike. Your type of bike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Not your type of bike. And, well, I mean, he had, like, those bikes are tanks, man, in Amsterdam, by the way. Yeah, they're heavy. You know? They're heavy. They're tank. I called the yeah. one that I was riding a tank because it was, like, tank green. You know? Nice. And I was like, I'm like, I'm on the tank, man. <laughs> and uh, and it was, it was, like, a little hard at first, you know, but, like, I started I started hustling, man, after a while. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is great, man. So Did you have to make adjustments to, like, the seat or the not no like, no i think maybe because everyone's so tall there he might i know they are <laughs> tall that's a tall that's a tall group it's a tall going group. on over there yeah exactly yeah i'm not sure what happened there you know but some kind of gene pool there where like it sprouted up sure. tall um but i'll tell you this that um after that experience i was like you know i think i just need to get like a cruiser bike when i get back home ah so it kind of it had an influence. It had an influence on my life, you know, which is really great. Yeah, and 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 that's you know. So Tracy and I were talking about that today. As a matter of fact, like finding one. Um, and oh, like what else did we do? Did we go to some? We went to. Uh, we drove in this badass Mustang or whatever. We did, yeah, on the way to Paris, to Paris. right? Yeah. So AP's got a 1965 like kind of like his. That's his. Yeah. Jesus He's got a 65 Mustang. You know when you don't have to worry about healthcare. I mean, I know you're paying a shit ton of taxes, but when everything's kind of covered for you, you can get a 1965 Mustang if you work hard. Well, I mean, he's the financial yeah. manager of a I law mean. firm, also. You know, so I mean, oh, he's got a good job. <laughs> I mean, that he's may a help. good job. He's yeah. got a good job, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not working. yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, that's you know, but I don't, I don't know how. Like, he bought it 20 years ago for crying out loud, you know. So like, I mean, he wasn't you know where he is now, you know. Sure. I mean, and. Uh, um, and he's you know kept it for that amount of time, and that was a blast, man. Because uh, we were driving across, and it's a convertible, 
and we st- powder blue <laughs> it's kind of powder blue yeah exactly um i don't know if i would say it's powder blue it's some version of blue it's a little darker than powder blue. it's a little darker than powder blue Whatever yeah that exactly is. and uh and so we're driving and he's got this very specific route that we're taking coming back from uh Amsterdam's great, by the way. I should just go back before I get past this. I love the whole thing. Oh, by the way, the largest gay festival, like maybe in the world, was happening while we were there yeah. on that Saturday. Right, exactly. So, like, it's the... That was, uh, the, that was the first weekend me and my that you parents were there? got there. That you yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. I imagine yeah. we went... I went same time last year. That's right. And, like, we landed, walked around, and yes, ran yeah. into And just, like, huge crazy, gay huge gay it pride was, parade. Right. Yeah, yeah on, exactly. Like, Prince and Grat, the outer, like, yes, canal. It's, yes, It's pretty yes. incredible. Yeah. So it's, like, all through the canals like, and everything. Like, what's the scale? Like, how many people were we talking about? Thousands and thousands. Yeah, and thousands. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 Amsterdam gets invaded like New Orleans does for... Like Mardi Gras. Like Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, you know, the city increases by, like, 100,000 people. Yeah. you know just because of this one event and uh Dope. and so all these people are there and they're all everybody's having a good time and everything so we went to that and that was fun and uh and, and and did a few other things around town went to the uh this great record store and i returned the favor of you know AP. you bought some records for AP. I, I did i bought i bought some new orleans soul records for you AP. did yeah yeah uh-huh three what, what would you buy i got him a uh i got him a a a a a uh lee dorsey record Dude, I got him a. Uh, That's the shit. What was the other one? I got him James two. Booker. No, I got him a Johnny Adams. Yes, you're right. And uh, and now right. they didn't they didn't have any James Booker. I looked for James Booker, and I got him one other. I'm just having a little trouble remembering exactly sure. which, what it, what it, what it was. But you know, it was it was, you know, I did a lot of digging to find them. You know, nice. and got them. Like how much digging? Did, like what kind of? Give us a context of like what. Is this record store kind of like a labyrinth and a maze um, yeah, when you're really yeah, doing a yeah, bunch of digging yeah, yeah. to find these records? Yeah, there's like uh, there's a whole section where it's like it's like it's like yo, nice man, that was a good one. <laughs> wow, uh, that's what happens when you hit that arm, that rocker arm there. This might you know? be a yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's okay. That uh, they they have like the quality records from the past, you know, that are like that don't have scratches on them and stuff you know and that are new that they just got in right Right. and so they have a whole like one building essentially dedicated to those records right and so those are like the highest price ones but even those aren't like priced that bad right and then like they have they own like half the city block this record store you know and then there's like next one over is like "Mm, yeah price goes down you're gonna find a scratch or two on some of these records they're not packaged as good you know, but you know, if you want to bargain, you know, you just gotta like, you gotta look a little bit closer, right? Right. Then like one more over, right? There's like CDs, and like one more over is like the bookstore, you know. So like they have like half the city block, right? Wow. This place, man, and uh, and so we spent a lot of time in the first one, you know, it's like just looking for some quality Barnes and Noble or whatever of records. Uh, essentially, yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's, it's just like a super great record store. Yeah. You know, um, concerto is what it's called, and. And hey, so, shout out to yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Concerto in uh, in Amsterdam. Like, if you're passing through Amsterdam, you want to go to a record store. You know, that's the record store you need to go to. There's another really good one as well. You know, and uh, so so we did that, and then um, gave the records to Phil. Uh, spent some great time hanging out with those guys in Amory. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, just you know, 
uh, going to like we went to this dive it was like super dutch you know what i mean like 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 there's a little bit of yeah, what's a super Dutch dive? Well, there's like? a little bit what's of segregation. Like? I need to know. There's maybe that, a little bit of segregation going on in terms of bars in, in Amsterdam. Maybe okay. not. I, I'm not really sure. But, I mean, it seemed that way a little bit. But, like, there was, like, a bar up the street um, that was called... Uh, uh, it had a great name, man, that we were making fun of. It was... It was like tug and pull or something like that, man. Sure. It was like, yeah, right. <laughs> or tuck and suck or tuck and I or pull, anyway. pull in peace or whatever the. Anyway, we were t- we were talking about the name of it, and they were like, it was like rup and tuck or something like that. Sure. Anyway, okay. Rip and rod, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and they were asking me like, what's the closest uh, thing in English? You know that like, and I was like, well, that's like, like can't really come it's up. It's kind of like it. masturbation, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like someone else masturbating you. Maybe it's like what you know the closest like, thing I can think of, like fluffing, like the fluff and tug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it was like maybe a tug and pull or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Amory thought that was funny, I think. And uh, so we uh, we went to that place, and it was just like you know the locals dive bar, you sure. know, you know, and uh, it had like in a bar. Doesn't surprise know? me with those guys. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me either. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was an odd one, but I'll say this: I love the freaking bicycle superhighway thing over there. Ooh, tell me uh, about that. Well, I mean, all over Amsterdam, they have this city planning thing where, like, there's no place really in the Netherlands that you can go where there's not where it's not bicycle accessible. You know, right. it's just like they have a road, you know, and 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 it's not cars are not given the priority. Like many, 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 many more people, the bicycle is king in Amsterdam it is king period that's it Word. like cars are not king at all maybe that's the reason Amory likes me because you sell my bike because it ha- you have an Amsterdam bike essentially yeah yeah like they they are the kings of fucking of the of the neck extension yes the neck extensions the neck extension dude added. Joel they had neck extensions there that were like Twice as big as yours. Because mine rides like a cruiser. Well, yours rides like a cruiser, but because I remember how much extended. difficulty you had just like being just able to done. get it done. You would have no difficulty whatsoever. Like you could get three times the size of that. Can thing. I? Can I real quick? You could have a chopper. As a matter of can fact. Can I real quick? Yeah, you want? Uh huh. Okay, go ahead. Fake advertiser of the week. Why didn't it like? What's going on here, man? I don't even know. No, that worked. I heard it. I heard that go. Oh, oh, it was on the wrong channel. I'm sorry. Maybe so. No, it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Do uh, it again. Fake sponsor of the week. We're still shaking off the rust, folks. <laughs> we really oh, yeah. are. And we're always going to be shaking it off. <laughs> uh, so, so, so here's my point. No, like, but I have to say real quick. So no, I, go have ahead. To, I have to give you the fake sponsor. Yeah. Dashing bicycles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Here on Broad Street. Yes. We've brought them up on the pod before. I love them. We're yeah. going to get right back to your story. But I but I got home from Europe, and just as you were leaving, and my bike was in, in disrepair to a state where... You had to get some work done. As I was like biking through the French Quarter from the CBD to my house, where we're you know around where we're at, are at now, um, I had some dude come up and said, that's such a nice bike. But dude, you need to get it repaired. Like he called me out, he, like he kind of bike shamed me, but in a cool way. Like he was being cool. I think, and he, I think he works at Gherkins, and so uh, yeah, and Gherkins yeah. is cool. 
No, well, that's where you got the extension. Gherkins extensions got are. the extension. So right. shout yeah, out to exactly. Gherkins too. Yeah. But what I love about being able to walk into dashing is like, okay, I know I fucked all this shit up. Just fix it. I know how to ride a bike. I don't know how to fix a bike, and they fixed it. And it's great. Well, it's cool because you know, I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that this is a rough environment for a bicycle. So and, rough, you know, dude. it's like there's a lot of so gravel rough. on the street. There's a lot Pot of potholes. There's a lot of fucking glass. And a lot of shit gets kicked up on your bike, and and, 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 and if you, you got to oil the chain a lot, you know. And there's the heat, and uh, and, and if you put your bike on the bus, it gets rattled around. It gets rattled. That was around, a lot yeah. of my problems because yeah. I put my bike. on Well, the bus in Amsterdam, Joel, you would yes. never have to put Please. your bicycle on the bus because you get to bike because you bike everywhere because there are these lanes outside every single road going both ways. Everywhere in the city, every almost every single street has these lanes, and it's not like bike lanes here where you have the the cars and then the bike lane like right next to the cars, and so you got cars whizzing by you as you're as you're biking down the street. No, so you separate. got the street and then a line of parked cars, and then there's like a little raised section where all the bikes go, nice. which is right next to the sidewalk. That's right. And yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, or that, it's like or they so have- easy. Yeah. So safe. Yeah. Nobody wears helmets because you don't have to at all. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, kind it's, of it's fucking incredible. amazing. Man. It's incredible. You know. Yeah. Like seriously, the only time that I thought that I was in peril was during rush hour because of other bicyclists. Yeah. Because right. there's like that was it. Was, yeah. Yeah. Because like people were like hustling around and shit. You know. People like, were moving fast. Yeah. And we went into an area. You know, like the day before the big gay pride festival, and like it was like almost in the red light district. You know. And right. Like, there were just a lot of fucking people. But that was the least safe that I felt the whole fucking the whole time, and it's just a marvel of city planning, is what it is, you know. So like it was super interesting for somebody like Tracy. She's been there before, but um, you know, at the same time, it's like that's the kind of thing that you'd like to see happen in the United States more, you know, because like that's just like a key kind of element to how people like stay in shape, you know what I mean? Right. And you're wondering like why are the why is everybody here like not overweight? You why know? does Phil like, look so good? Because everybody rides their bike, man. You exactly. know, like like they do exactly. physical activity like pra- practically every day on some small level. Sure. They're doing it every single day, you know. And and so there's that, and uh, and you know, and there's you know. I'll say stay this: stay away man, from the bitter ball, and you know, I mean, you don't I have, have to have that every day. I have appreciated the fact that like there was a stigma with me not having a car in my professional life for a long time and that stigma has gone away you know like that's now right. people that's think right. it's cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Have a car. yeah that's right now people are like oh you do public transit and you do the uber and the bike cool yeah you everybody's know? behind in the united states yeah. man we're just so far behind we're so far behind. we are we're behind we're oh. behind this country yeah um even even as progressives we're behind you know what i mean totally like 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 nobody has implemented anything like Amsterdam in any American city anywhere. You know, I, I really maybe see, Portland, Oregon is well, like I've, the closest. I've mentioned know? this about Portland, Oregon before, and right. I hope, and this might, you know, folks, we're going to tease some future episodes. Um, I'm about to go to Washington D.C. for two weeks, and we're going to have some guests on from up there. And one of them might be the former mayor of Portland, Sam Adams. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, um, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but what I see Portland doing moving forward might be the first American city to take a couple of their bridges and make it carless, and it's only pedestrian and bicycling, All right? Because there's like it's a city of bridges. There's like five. Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's where it's going. It's if, interesting. If, if there's an American city that doesn't allow uh, people to drive their cars 
um, into the downtown area, it's going to be Portland. That's going to be the first city because they've got like the mountain on one side and the river on the other side, right? Well, uh, yeah. And yeah. so it's like geographically it sets up really nicely to like help that public policy and people are into it. The biggest like deterrent towards that sort of public policy is um, the mafia-led like parking garage people, dude? God, you know, and I mean that's the kind of thing that like seriously. I'm well, but I mean, here's joke. the thing: is like nobody they don't like those people don't get purchased in places like Amsterdam, like they do in no, the United States. That's right. You know, that's because exactly they just right. they just go. Well, we're doing it. So Amsterdam, Philip, and Marie, y'all listening from Amsterdam? Why this doesn't happen in Portland, Oregon, the most one of the more progressive places in the city in the country? In the U.S. is because of just corporate interest. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. Right, exactly. There's always some, like, you know, prick, you know, standing in the way who's got a little bit of money and, like, raises a stink and then some politicians in his pocket and then they... And we don't have campaigns. And they and they, and they they nix it, you know, like, yeah. and so we just don't have, like, good public policy that moves forward in, like, a really great, effective way in our urban centers, you know, um, in terms of, like, these kind of, like, planning initiatives and whatnot. But that being said... You know, Amsterdam is pretty unique, you know, in the world in terms sure. of this, um, and they've they've implemented their own their own thing. You know, like fast forward to Paris, you know, and like it's not that way. You know what I mean? Like it's like scooters everywhere, um, not very particularly bike friendly. It seems like you know, uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, so fast forward, we went uh, drove in the Mustang convertible across uh, Belgium and into France. And we stopped in a town called in Belgium uh, called Philippeville. <laughs> nice. Amsterdam Philip always stops in Philippeville, <laughs> right? On purpose? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. And so they just sleepy little town with a sleepy little town center, and uh, and we went to this uh, restaurant there and like had this like these weird, these kind of strange like sweet, uh, you know, Belgian meatballs. You know, as I had like the sweet gravy thing going on man it felt like some kind of like ancient medieval type shit that we were eating you know what i mean yeah. and uh and some uh, and a couple other items as well that was a pretty good little meal that we had there and then nice. uh and then he let me drive the uh what yeah he let me drive it what type of road uh just like there's just like a highway you know that we were yeah. on you know so i just like with jam- the top down yeah with the top down the whole thing man yeah. so i just drove the mustang for a while fucking right you know? And then uh, finally, after a long journey, we made it into Paris. And then uh, we had a nice little Airbnb. <laughs> and we stayed in Paris for a couple of days. And that was freaking terrific. And, uh, you know, had a nice little romantic thing in Paris. And we got over to the Pompidou. And, uh, God, that was unbelievable, man. That is... Look, let me just say this. That, you know, <laughs> I love New York. Don't get me wrong. Okay? I really do. And... In New York, New York has world-class museums. Brah. <laughs> yeah. It's Paris, man. It's something else, man. It is like on another. It's the top of the top. It's a, it's a different plan. It's, it's the top of the top. Yeah. It's the... You can't even believe... Again, it was like standing in front of the original Telecaster. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like you're standing... You're going from room to room in the Pompidou, right? Which is a super modern... Uh, it's been around forever, right? You know, but it's also like this wacky building, right? You know, like it looks like Dr. Seuss designed it, 
right? right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's the modern art yeah, museum, yeah. and right, in but Paris. I didn't go. Right, right, no, exactly. We went to a few other. Museums. Right, right, exactly, and it's huge, right? So on the third tier or whatever, or maybe it's the fifth. Um, there's this gigantic exhibit, right? And like every room is stacked with masterpieces. Like wow. like not even like yeah, they're yeah. masterpieces. Yeah, right. But Rich, they, yeah, they had right. they had Napoleon to do like a drive by through all of Europe and just be like Ert. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Like it was it was it was seriously uh it, at, at one point, like you were talking about, how you had to step step aside and weep, you know, a little bit. Yep. Like I don't think that I've ever wept in the face of art, ever. Wow. But I was a little overwhelmed for a second because you were I, I I was because I just I couldn't believe what I was standing in front of. You know, like I just couldn't. I was like I was like this is like it was too much. Like the volume is just too much. It's yeah. like every time you turn around. You're looking at something that is in a handful of the greatest it's works like of modern art it's that like, have ever been made. Yeah. You know? It's like and overwhelming humanity or something. It is overwhelming, man. Like, it is the, overwhelming. humanistic I got that in the way Louvre. Through. Yeah, totally. In the Louvre, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so like, w- I mean, way more than you Everything deserves to be like revered and looked, studied, but you, can, you only have so much energy to like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, to literally just walk through. But um, and then there's like in the Louvre, there's like a steady stream of tourists that are just there to find the Mona Lisa, right? Like they're like, of course, where yeah. is it? Where you know, like right. that is, they're like one and done on that. Right. The room before that is like a a ballroom size gallery of Caravaggio. Yeah. Like, like huge format. Paintings oh, oh, that are just like like unbelievable, incredible. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You yeah, know. just like you can, you really cannot, you can't put a, uh, you can't put a price tag on on it. Like in a, in a weird way, like it is. It was an entirely different like museum experience. And I'll just wrap it up by saying this: that while we were in Amsterdam, also we went to see we went to this museum of film in Amsterdam, and we saw this documentary about New Orleans. Huh. So I had to go to this place in Amsterdam to see this documentary about made by whom this Italian director Hmm. who made this documentary about like um, from what era like when like like from 2017 wow it was essentially it it was surrounded with uh, about the Upubadu club closing and it was about um, and it was yeah and it was about a couple other things too about uh, uh, the uh, new Black Panthers um, and helping out after, you know, kind of like after Ferguson and stuff, but up sure. in Baton Rouge after the shooting in Baton Rouge Word. and, uh, and some, and, and some other things as well. And, uh, and these two young boys, man, it was an excellent documentary dragged on a little bit too long, but, um, um, and, and I'm not <laughs> remembering the title off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, maybe our producer could find out, uh, and so, and then, and then, um, when we were in, Paris, we went to the Sally Mann exhibit yeah. at this other museum, right? And uh, there's this tiny museum that's like on the lawn um, that is on the way to the uh, on the way to the Louvre, and that's the museum where all of the works of art, when the Nazis were coming into Paris, they took um, they took 
that and stowed them in this building, right? And uh, and so we went in there, and there's this photographer, Sally Mann, and uh, she's uh, she did a lot of stuff in Louisiana, you know, and she's like an incredible fucking photographer, you know, amazing American photographer. So like, it was interesting to be on the other side of the pond and have like these two experiences sure. about the American South contextualized totally you know by european experience um so that was that was pretty interesting to do that as well yeah yeah I did, got you, the, did you look it up yeah. yeah it's what you're gonna do when the world's on fire that's right exactly Roberto Minervini. boom what is that called joel a producer that's called a producer <laughs> right there thanks aiden that's right thank no you problem. very much aiden yeah, yeah. what you're gonna do when good. the world's on fire folks go see yeah, that documentary right. <clears throat> it's really good gentrification in new orleans it's really yeah yeah right exactly and then and, and and so you know whatever we packed it up and then we had to get on the bullet train and head back um, to Amsterdam and uh, and then we flew out from there and then we had a little stop in Glasgow, Scotland. Ah. We had enough time to get off the plane and like just go downtown and like tour around Glasgow for a minute and get a little you know English breakfast and uh, and go see this uh, ancient cathedral that's on the top of the hill in Glasgow. Wow, Saint Mungo's. St. Mungo. St. Mungo. St. <laughs> Mungo. I think St. Mungo is my favorite saint. Man. Mine too. Now. I just want to say Mungo. Mungo. I, I just like, you know, and I, and I know that that's where Mungo Jerry got his name from. Too, you know? <laughs> the number three best-selling single of all time, by the way, Summertime. What? Yeah. Really? That is the number no three best-selling single wow. of all time. Yeah, in so the in the summertime. You know the song? You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the song. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, yeah. It is. Dude, we I know. That's unbelievable. I know it is really unbelievable, is man, song. but I can tell you something. There's two things you're going to be shocked by is that, and look up like what the number like three or four best-selling LP of all time is, and you're going to be shocked by that as Kenny well. Kenny G. <laughs> it's Kenny G, 1992. Call that. <laughs> nice. Anyway, that was our that was our trip. I mean, I could add a lot more details, and I, I really I just want to reach out to everybody that was like, you know, to AP and Anne Marie and everybody in in Amsterdam and and you know the city of Paris <laughs> and uh, for being so warm and hospitable toward us. That was very very kind of you, and we enjoyed our trip thoroughly. It was terrific. And one day we will break down like uh, what happened when you came back into the country. When the time is right. When and, the time uh, is right. We're gonna we're gonna tease that right we'll, now. We'll we'll break down the week that you and I had respectively. Um, one day yeah, when yeah, the time is yeah, right. Yeah, that was a rough. Yeah, there was some rough trade on the way back. I'll again. just say this: Jeff and I have worked professionally together for I don't know since when. Fucking two thousand, probably maybe nineteen ninety nine. We started doing our twenty pod- years. We started doing our podcast in twenty twelve. We have never once canceled a podcast until this last Monday. We have never canceled a podcast Not once. Not one time. And poor Aiden showed up and was like, "What's yeah, that? that's right, right. Our new, our new super we, awesome we, producer. We, we both had had a hell of a week. Two of like one of the roughest days this past Monday. That's right. Like, was it Monday or Tuesday? It was Monday. It was Monday. Yep. And uh, it was just rough, man. It was just rough, dude. I just couldn't, couldn't make couldn't. it happen. Just couldn't. And so, we've, we've had a couple, I, I like threatened to like postpone one time and you were like, come on, just pull it together. Yeah. And I did it. And that and was it. And that was it. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe we could say like when it was just us chickens, you know, like, but that, you know, 
but we had people coming over. You know what right. I mean? And exactly. so, like, we've never done that. We have never, ever, ever canceled done that. on people. And we just had to do it because there was just like no energy left. Because there are stories that will be told on this podcast in the future. Yeah. Teasing, yes, that is incredible, awesome podcast material that we just can't speak of yet. That's right, but will be spoken of. <laughs> exactly and we hate to be cryptic like that you know but Sorry. there are legal matters involved you know so we're bound to silence and right it's now. completely like total two of us we're both going through anyway it's like two different stories like completely different stories yeah, 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 yeah right yeah. exactly so so that's it folks that's uh you know the double episode of us coming back here from the summer hiatus and uh telling our stories uh, from across the pond we hope you enjoyed it it's a good life babe.com jeff and joel stales from new orleans We'll catch up with you next time. Peace. Welcome to Aiden. Welcome, Aiden. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rich VK. Rich VK, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for bringing uh, the food and everything. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Folks, go to to Pal's Lounge and uh, check out Budsy's. Oh, uh, uh, Thai food. That's our unofficial sponsor uh, yeah. there. Unofficial, unpaid, no sponsor. We didn't approve anything. We're just plugging them. And also, <laughs> when. Uh, when Rodney's over there with uh, Rodney, big, big boys, uh, yeah, yeah, big exactly. boy barbecue, big, big boys barbecue. Come on, that's right, a exactly. Sponsor. That's a sponsor. that's a sponsor right there for sure, definitely. So we have Rodney on the podcast, you know, that one time, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and 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 that's it, folks. We'll catch up with you next time. It's a good life, babe. Jeff and Joel, Tales from New Orleans. See ya. Yeah, you're right.